amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Let's see if we can do this. I'm better now than I was months ago. <laughs> Southern California live with Wendell at 7.06. The Patriot KEIB AM 1150. Uh, we... Got so much stuff to get to today. Let's try to keep an even head here. Uh, we'll be joined momentarily by Mr. Johnny Venom. Ordinarily, he would be plugged in by my producer, but my producer is out doing something. So, oh, you got him? All right, there you are. Hey, Johnny. Good evening. Good evening. I, th- I thought that uh, you were locked out or something for a second. Sorry, on my were. life. <laughs> Mine too. Uh, generally by court order, though. I I don't know about <laughs> you, though. <laughs> well, court order, Bob. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, pitchforks and lack you know. of lack of popular acclaim. Yeah. You know. <laughs> the overwhelming desire to padlock me out of respectable society. Well, you know, I mean, the choice is often, yeah, you could stay, but it'll involve feathers and tar and <laughs> a paddle. Firing squads, yeah. electrodes. Like that, the good stuff. Yeah, I know. You know, these, these things do happen, sir. How have you been? Uh, not too shabby. It's been one of those days. Okay. Dealing with a sick dog that ate grass. Not that type of grass. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, I've been on cleanup duty all over the place here. Uh, it, it, what went in one end inevitably comes out the other. Yes. And unfortunately. It's highly efficient that way. Yes. Unfortunately, his digestive tract is your misery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sir. Yes. Whenever the you're LA, ready. The, I'm ever ready. I'm a battery. Sir, the LA Weekly tells us that if rent hikes continue in Los Angeles, 2,000 more Angelinos will end up on the streets within a year, a 31% increase from the latest figure. Uh Zillow says, and this is from Zillow, the real estate site, while the connection between the rising cost of housing and homelessness is generally accepted, Zillow's statistical analysis is the first to forecast for each city how many people will be pushed into homelessness as rents increase over time. So L.A. and New York, and by the way, New York had 3,000 in this last year, would create the most homelessness in the nation if rents go up another 5% next year. Johnny, what are the odds they go up another 5% next year? Oh, very high. Okay. I I would say 90%. Look, on the margins, if the most somebody could afford is $1,000, right? and on the margins, the rent is 1200 and there's nobody to meet that $1,000 right. or will not meet that $1,000, Right. well, then they're not going to have a home. And, and that's the problem. And, and because of the supply is either constrained, you know, the market will not meet that lower bid, right. or they just won't build new homes. Somebody will not, is not able to come in to meet that demand. 
I mean, we keep going back to this almost every week on here. That's correct. Okay, and and you can say all you want rent control. Right. All right, but that's but that's a, but a that, that's an ex solution. but that's an ex post facto solution. Right. I mean, you know, you you can't put the rent control back into the toothpaste tube, if I may mix an analogy. Well, no, I mean, you could remove the the, the rent control, and we've seen it. What normally happens is the price of the of the unit explodes. Correct. Okay, uh, price controls rarely work. What you're going to have to do again, supply and demand can be temporarily stalled but never defeated. You're going to the, the city, the county. We keep saying this is either going to have to either make it very easy for somebody to build multifamily units in, say, L.A. County or New York, wherever this problem is at, right. or you're going to have to allow another way for people to build homes. Okay. Or the state is going to have to actively engage in the construction of new supply. Okay. There is no other solution. There's no other solution than that. All right. Those are, those are our solutions. However, none of those are going to be enacted in a 12-month span. You and I both know this. Even if, even the only way that this would happen is if Moonbeam or Trump declared L.A. County a state of emergency because of the fifty thousand, excuse me, fifty-seven thousand seven hundred ninety-four people on the streets. Also, eight thousand Angelinos homeless for the first time. Unless you said. Or, or unless the governor said, this is a state of emergency. It is not merely a crisis. It is an emergency. We have to deal with it as if it's an emergency. Then you're going to see dithering. You're going to see things go back and forth in the city council. You're going to see endless badinage and political infighting to see who can look best in the pages of the Times or the Weekly or look best on, on, on blog posts. And nothing is going to get done. I have a question for you, Johnny. Mm. If you're Governor Moonbeam and somebody said to you, Jerry, it's like this. There is a state of emergency in Los Angeles County. Okay, there are going to be 2,000 more homeless people. It's going to be almost 60,000. If there is an economic constriction of any kind, we had, you weren't on for this segment. We had Mel on, and remember Miguel, he said it can go from 60,000 to 300,000 like that. You get a downturn in the economy, jobs, you know, unemployment ticks up two or three percent. You got 300, 350,000 people on the streets of Los Angeles. I mean, you don't have that many homeless people in Baghdad, you know, so. You have, you, what you would have. Yeah. It depends on the rate of the downturn. Okay. But it would not surprise me if you opened a paper one day or watched the news, people essentially seizing unclaimed property, you know. Massive, in other, in other words, massive squatting. Exactly. I mean, in Venezuela, right, um, or in other parts of the third world, you um, you see this happen a lot. Okay. You know, I'm going to go back to Venezuela for one second. Um, but if you go have, back for if you go back to Venezuela, we won't see you for the rest of the hour. That's pretty much right. Okay. But go ahead, um, please. <laughs> prior to even Chavez, when he took power in Maduro. Prior to this, yeah, there was stalled construction projects, right, and massive homelessness, right, and they took over a popular shopping mall. They took over a building that was barely constructed in now, Car in Caracas. In Caracas, right. You see the same thing happening in Egypt. You saw the same thing happen in other parts of the world, it's like in India, right. 
And so what's, what, I'm not predicting that Americans who can't find a home are going to take over a partially constructed office building. Right. But deny that there are office buildings, shopping malls, you know, homes that are left uninhabited. Okay. That people won't just take. Sure. You, you know, know but, but here's the problem. In Los Angeles, if something is uninhabited, it's condemned and then fenced off. Okay. That's not going to stop them. That, well, generally it won't. But on the other hand, developers in Los Angeles, if they saw a massive squatting company, com- company coming, excuse me, they would raise these structures, not R-A-I-S-E, John, R-A-Z-E. They'd raise them. They'd knock them down, you know. To the, as far as they're concerned, once somebody is squatting in there, you'll never be able to get them out. So you might as well just send in a demolition crew. We'll knock a place down and clean it out in three or four days. Sure. I mean, it, you know, there is so much demand for space in Los Angeles. You know, what I am thinking, though, is if it were actually a declared state of emergency that homelessness has now reached critical mass in Los Angeles. It is an emergency. It has to be dealt with. We have 58,000 people that have to live somewhere, and the number is going up to 60. Let's assume for a moment that Governor Venom has declared a state of emergency in Los Angeles. If you are empowered, what do you do? Well, the first thing I would do... Yeah. To get the most fast, the most immediate effect would be any on, you know, a lot of homes that are held by banks. Right. Again. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Homes or properties that are not being utilized, right. we will reserve the right to rent them from you. Okay. We won't take them because that starts involving class, you know, lawsuits. Okay. So we're going to say, listen, we're going to agree to a agree to market rate, you know, and just start putting people in there. Okay. And in the state, it is just because right there, you could probably eliminate half the homelessness right there. Okay. All right. The other half, unfortunately, will be a lot longer to take over, but I would start looking at facilities that the state owns. I have a question for you before we get to schools and, and, and uh, like, there are great stretches of Burbank Airport, for example, that are okay. fallow. Can the state say in a state of emergency that they will Section 8 people into Airbnb properties? Can you do that? I don't see why not, but I wouldn't, I would not, uh, again, I would not use the Airbnb system. Okay. I would say to the owner, if somebody owns multiple units, yeah. I would say it's obviously you are a renter. All right. And we are willing to pay you whatever that area rental rate is for right now. Okay. And you will have to rent it from us. If you refuse to do so, you'll be fine. We, we have to imply onto them that you got to do it. Okay. All right? Yeah, that you don't have any say in the matter. Right. right. And then, I, you know what, I would say this. If the program turns successful, again, we're not taking away anybody's property. We're compensating them. Right. Okay? 
And if it turns out to be successful, then why not initiate a medium-term program where we would start housing people, all right, and we would be beginning to pay the rent on these for these folks. Now, if these folks have jobs, right. obviously this would have to be means-tested. Because if, if you can't, if you, you already have a job and you just are not making enough to the rent, so let's say, for example, you're making $1,000, but your rent is $1,200, they will give you the difference. Then they'll make up, the, that's, that's sort of a variation on Section 8 in a way. Right. Yeah. Now, and that while we're doing it, again, I would go back to, like I said, building public housing and then renting them out, rent to own if they wish. Sure. Because it's obvious that the market has broken down for housing in your state. Yeah, it doesn't, and, and it doesn't work anymore. The country. Right, it doesn't work anymore. Okay, so we're going to have to introduce a little competition. Essentially, a public option for housing. That wouldn't be such a bad thing. You know, you know though, one issue that is rarely raised is that, and that is R-A-I-S-E-D, not R-A-Z-E-D. One issue that is rarely raised, Johnny, is the idea of... Perhaps settling people that can no longer afford to live in Los Angeles in some of these, you know, parts of the country that are becoming more ghost town like, you know. Well, some... before hold on, okay. I have to stop you there. Okay, please. Okay, I don't think California Moonbeam or whoever should take somebody who can get work in Los Angeles right. and settle them in Nebraska. Right. What I think will happen, though. Yeah. is this is actually going to start forcing people to move into other parts of the state okay. that are either near, like I, I'm going to see San Bernardino, for example, but it's going to force the hand of developers say, well, this is where the market is going. I better start developing in those areas. And historically speaking, this is what has happened. Okay. This is how Los Angeles got developed. Okay. People but- trekked to L.A., that's where the developers went. People trekked to San Bernardino even. Okay. Okay. Sandy, I mean, just look at the history, California. That's how it happened. Sure. No, right. I mean, how, how did San Jose end up being a bigger city than San Francisco? You know, and it is. I mean, there are 200,000 more people in San Jose than there are in SF. Why? Because of overflow and, and also because so much work went south. Johnny, can you hang on through the break, yeah, please? Absolutely. Very good. Southern California Live with Wendell, 719. Stay tuned. So good you had to play it twice, Phil. Okay. <laughs> Southern California Live with Wendell. The guillotine is killing the Yeah, the irony of the guillotine, considering what we were talking about during the break. This is Southern California Live with Wendell at 725 with Johnny Venom. We're talking about rent hikes and what to do. Johnny, we have revisited a variation on this topic Eight weeks in a row. It is always topic number one. Other than traffic, nothing is freaking people out more yeah. than the insanity of rents and mortgages in this city. John, you are telling me with a straight face the idea of coming up with ways of, say, relocating people that can't afford to live here into a f- more affordable parts of the country, you, you regard that as counterproductive. That's the nice way of saying it, as opposed to inhumane, which is the not nice way of saying it, correct? I, I don't see it as a, something that the state should actively do, you know, where they should say, well, get out of here. 
mm-hmm. you know, or, or we'll help you transport you. to. This is something that's going to come about naturally. All right. All right. You want natural evolution. Yes. For, for this, yes. You can't because otherwise this opens a very dangerous door. Right. I, I, I mean, say, I understand that. I understand that. But I'm saying... It's not like forced relocation, like this is going to be some version of the homeless trail of tears, Johnny. It's What I'm suggesting is maybe there is a way to incentivize people who are living on the margins in L.A. If you say to them, you know, you can do the same gig. Yeah, it doesn't pay as much in Pueblo, Colorado or in Omaha, Nebraska or Lincoln, Nebraska, Des Moines, Iowa, one of those places. But... You can get a one-bedroom apartment for six hundred dollars. You right, can't. The, you can't the, do that here. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Right. If they don't see the job there, they're not going to go. Okay. All right. Secondly, there's nothing in to stop other states from doing that to California. What dumping them on us? Sure. Well, it's been going on for decades. I man. know that, but now, <laughs> now they're going to say, "Well, we're going to step it up again." It's just well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me stop you. Can I can I redirect you for a moment? Go right ahead. We, you and I, you're, you live in the Midwest. You're well aware of this. The two oldest states in America, not oldest as in Virginia and Massachusetts when they were first settled, but oldest as in the age per capita, are Missouri and Iowa. Correct? Yeah. With North Dakota and Pennsylvania close behind them. Okay. Young people have fled you know, the show-me state and the Hawkeye state as fast as their little legs could carry them. And they'd go to California or they'd go to Portland, Oregon, or they'd go to Boston or New York or Chicago or Minneapolis. But the fact is, is you're talking about a part of the country that is emptied out. If we could have the federal government help us in this, incentivize young people to go back to their roots, as it were, it would be advantageous in Los Angeles because people would no longer be living on the streets, and it would be wonderful to the people of Dubuque or Council Bluffs or Jefferson City because they'd get their kids back. Now, do you think that's that such a bad thing? Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. Thank because, you. number one, you're never going to—first uh, off, you, you personally, with all due respect, should focus on California yeah. with that situation. You know, oh, yeah, it'd be great if the federal government did this and that, but the fact is, unless— they have a plan to develop the Midwest, right. which, with the present political situation, not happening. Yes, it's not. Ha- it's not going to even happen, even if the Democrats. Because let's assume for a moment you get a progressive in the White House. Twenty and, seconds and, and, left, it, Johnny. Twenty huh? seconds. You got twenty seconds, and we're right. at the bottom. The of fact the is, is you got a lot of right wing governors who are not going to accept. Any yeah, but they need new blood, and, and they need new yeah. taxpayers. Again. Look at who you're dealing with. I understand okay. that, but but this, it's not like you're asking them to take uh, 250,000 undocumented immigrants. You're asking them to take their own people back. Johnny, hang on through the break. Southern California Live with Wendell. Science. 7.30. That's with a Z, not a G-H. This is what I have to say here. It's awesome. Now Jenny and Jenny, they're sitting on a swing.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Southern California Live with Wendell at 736 with His Majesty Johnny Venom. Hmm. Sir. Yes. In the last segment, we touched on, you know, our most critical topic that there is in Southern California, with the exception of sprawl and traffic, which is lack of housing. I suggested that there be some kind of inducement for people that can no longer afford to live here to live and prosper elsewhere. Okay, and you're like, well, you know, nobody's going to take them, blah, 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 blah. We were treated in 2016, Johnny, to the idea that our president-elect, the billionaire businessman, Donald Trump, was going to enact or attempt to enact a trillion, $300 billion infrastructure improvement set of programs. You remember that, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. It is now August... We are in President Trump's seventh month. The infrastructure bill isn't even dead. It ain't been born yet. And it is on the docket, if at all, in the U.S. Senate behind at least a half a dozen other matters that are more pressing. Right. I have a question for you. You and I have been doing segments on 1150 when it was KTLK and now KEIB since 2007, correct? Almost 10 years now. Yes. Yeah, right, because we started around the end of 2007. And when the economy went completely crazy in the last quarter of 07 into the first two quarters of 2009, you and I and Hale and then Tim Redmond said over and over and over and over, the way to end this recession is to rebuild America's infrastructure from the bottom up. Obama enacted a $787 billion stimulus, okay? And Bush, a $300 billion stimulus before him, all right? So that comes out to a little over a trillion dollars. Problem is is about 55% of that was tax cuts. It wasn't exactly infrastructure repair. That is correct. It it was was pumping liquidity into consumers' hands because, as you and I know, consumer spending is 70% of the American economy. In order to change that figure from consumer spending to production into being, say, fitty-fitty, 
It would have to be the government at this point that injects life where there isn't any. So my question to you is this. You're Donald Trump, and you love to take your victory laps in the Midwest. You know, that's he likes doing that. He did it in West yeah. Virginia the other night, and, you know, he's got one in Iowa planned. He loves it. He relives his, his former glories, okay? Wouldn't it make sense for him, as he already is running for re-election in 2020, he has a Trump 2020 PAC, Political Action Committee, it's raising money, for him to, to go into Western Pennsylvania and say, what we are going to do is we are going to resuscitate the economy here by rebuilding the bones of the economy. But in order to do that, we need the help of younger people, especially in places where they are not getting paid enough, like in the Bay Area or here. Don't I know that was a long-winded thing that you had to follow. I really feel sorry for you, but we're friends, and you know I've put up with some of your crap too. So that <laughs> so I don't think what you said is crap. Okay, I mean no, but I but what I mean is, if I'm Trump, okay, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm looking at a 33% approval rating. Two-thirds of the country doesn't like me. Uh, unless I can wag the dog and get the country into a war, which by the way nobody in America wants at this right. point. I'm going to have to do something, all right? And I'm going to have to do something that actually helps lots and lots of people, you know, not cut off their Medicaid, you know, but get them doing stuff. If you are, I mean, for example, Johnny, if you, you're uh, somebody, an office manager, you had, a, you had a job in Culver City or you had a, a job downtown and you're not making enough, you're living in your car and your two kids are in a shelter, you know, and the federal government says we will relocate you to Erie, Pennsylvania or Oil City, Pennsylvania, one of those, you know, towns that's on Lake Erie or near it or Youngstown or Akron or Toledo, you know, or Steubenville or one of these impoverished parts of Ohio. We'll relocate you and you can oversee or project manage the rebuilding of the Steubenville General Hospital. Because we want to make that hospital the pride and joy of whatever county it's in in Ohio. Johnny, if I'm Trump, and I'm not, but if I were, um, well, he'd be a lot thinner or I'd be a lot fatter. All right, if I were Trump, I mean, this is, this is something that I, I, I would seriously consider is if I want people to really like me, okay, and, and, not, and not just, you know, go, go tweet nonsense and call everything fake news that I don't like— I would get people to go back to work. I put them back to work. I, I would have a newest deal. You kill two no, no, birds. No, you, you'd have to call it the huge deal. The huge deal. The, the bigly deal. deal. Yeah. Okay, the bigliest deal, like his hands. Okay, the bigly deal. All right. Operation Kofif. <laughs> Kofif, you know, a chicken in every pot and a Kofifi in every driveway, there right? Go. There we go. Okay. Uh, let me say this. If yeah. I may interject here. Please. In, in your hypothetical fantasy is hey why, why, <laughs> thanks a lot <laughs> go ahead well, I mean that with uh, with all the respect here okay mm -hmm. um, yeah because everybody everybody governor, likes having their ideas called fantasy with due respect but okay well, go ahead no, well it's a hypothetical all right. Here. Okay. all right so if I'm a governor of one of these states I'm going to ask Trump 
flat out, what are we going to do with these people after that hospital is built? And if I'm that person in Culver City, I'm going to be asking the same question. They're so, going to be in an administrative position there. Okay, so you're going to be guaranteeing them a job. Correct. Okay. Well, that's great. Okay, and, 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 let, and let me slow you down here. Sorry, Mel right? Tillicaratney, okay. who is an expert on homelessness, says 80 to 85% of the people on the street in Los Angeles are currently employed. That's okay. Fine. Okay. But they got nowhere to live because there's no places to live here, and and landlords aren't being helpful, and developers are only interested in in big-ticket items as long as interest rates are this low. Johnny, to Ohio with them. And it's not like I hate them, and it's like, hey, you know, I'm I'm, I'm banishing you to Ohio, you know? It's not like that. again, question of transportation, how would you get them there? Are they going to drive themselves? Secondly, well, they're living in their car already. I understand I mean, that, but yeah. that car is not in a condition to go from Culver City to Ohio. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you, but that's a long drive. Fix it for them. Okay, okay, go ahead. Okay, number two, you would have to have a legislature in Congress right. that would have to oodle easily a trillion dollars. That's not going to have it. See, Donald Trump needs a Democratic Congress who is not going to attempt to impeach him on day one. Okay? <laughs> like and, the Republican so, Congress plan to do to Hillary, right? Right. Yeah. So I, I honestly think the Democrats, you know, if you want this stuff, you're going to have to say, okay, fine, we'll hold off on the impeachment. Let Mueller do his, do his job. Right. Then we will look at the impeachment. But let's not just day one, but see if you can make a deal with this guy. Okay. And you know what? You maybe get it with the Democrats, but until that happens. Right. I'm going to have to be the sourpuss here and say, you are going to enact that. You can enact the same thing inside the state of California. Uh-huh. Okay? Oh, they state can, of California got a trillion dollars. Okay. No, I didn't say you had a trillion dollars. <laughs> I, I said well, you know, you got your hypothetical fantasies, and I got mine too. I'm you know? simply saying that inside the state there is areas room for development. Uh, uh, yes, okay. that's I'm true. I'm not saying let's send that poor schnook. In the Culver City, the Death Valley, or something like that, or Death Valley is a national park. There's no you know work there. I mean. Anyway, go on. Yes. Okay, or some wasteland, you know, that, that that's home to. to well, anyway, this, this is great. Well, you know, all of our listeners in the high desert and low desert are going. Who is this guy in Chicago? You know, I'm going to go hire a PI wasteland. <laughs> what I'm getting at is, I know those are solar farms. There you go. All right. We got a solar farm in Mojave. It's cranking out so much energy right now that Arizona's taking our power and I'm charging us for it. More. You got to be the Saudi Arabia of this stuff so that you can help power the rest of the republic. And this way, the, no pun intended, the power center shifts from Washington to, to California. Okay. All right. All right. I, get I, that. I, I would say, again, public projects inside the state. Right now, rates are cheap. I wish Moonbeam wasn't such a tight-fisted, uh, you know, tight-fisted governor. Which he is, yeah. All right? No, he's, he, is, he is ultimately one of the most frugal politicians who ever lived. You, you know, know. I, w- I would buy uh, Make California Great Again bonds or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I okay. wonder what color our hats would be, right? Your hats? Golden. It's a golden state. Gold would be golden. Yeah, yeah. It would be gold, yeah. green, and blue. <laughs> Each representing a natural resource. Very good. Okay. See, you you got a you know you got a future in public relations when you're oh. when your trading business craps out. Oh, there you go. There we go. Yeah, maybe our McDonald's. Anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, anyhow, I I would say you have invite Elon Musk right. to make 
Go ahead with the Hyperloop. Right. You know, why not? Well, he we talked about turning the 405 or whatever one into something like that. Yeah, but he's, al- he's also talked about hyperlinking, what, New York and Washington, D.C.? Right. Yeah, but for right now, think about focus on California. I know that, but you, you're looking. You know, I, I know, I know, but you know, hey, I'm 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 playing devil's advocate for Musk you know, I mean, here. If I, if I left you to your own devices, you'd be saying, "Well, yo, California, and we'll build a space elevator to the moon." <laughs> you know. And then when we get there, Jerry Brown will be eating cheese off the thing. Okay, that being said, you know. Okay. But I mean, look, I I am I'm all for this, and and I understand that. There is a tremendous amount of resistance to public works projects by people on the right. Okay, for some reason, they reflexively oppose them. They don't like the idea the government can't create jobs. It's fascinating how many mailmen and policemen are right wingers that say stuff like that. Okay, but that's not the point. The point is this, John. I don't know as we have the room in L.A. County for as many people as are here, and we need to build units for 550,000 more that are coming in the next six, seven years. You know, you you said all right-wingers. I will say this. Yeah. From my experience, talking to some over here, talking to them over here, the economic conservatives would never go for it. Right. But I have found people who are socially conservative tend to be more, um, how do I put it, you know, they're for the big projects. Yeah, because you know, because they recognize that they will stimulate the economy. You know, they, they want the trains to run on time and hate the gays at the same time. <laughs> you know, so, in other words, the trains have to run on time, especially if they're taking gay people somewhere else. Well, I, I yeah, okay, there that. you go. Okay. Okay, don't, right. don't put words in my mouth. I know that, but All I mean, right, I'm, I'm, I'm putting your words in your friend's mouth. You have As long as I don't put the gays in their mouth, they're happy. Here's okay, the go ahead. California is in the unique position to show the rest of the country how to redevelop the entire country. Right. You should use yourselves to do this. You have a a, a blank canvas, really, okay, in much of the state. Redevelop that infrastructure on your end. Most Most of the arable part of the state of California is overdeveloped as is. Like so many other parts of the world, Mr. Venom, I mean, our coasts are, you know, from San Diego to San Luis Obispo, they are fairly heavily populated, okay? You know, and, and other than that, they're parks. Oh. I, I, you know, we are in, a, and also remember, we got lucky in 2016, I don't know if we're going to get lucky again this year with rain, but we are still in a drought, okay? We don't have the resources anymore, but and also we don't have time in this segment anymore. Oh. Sir, so hang on, okay? 750, The Patriots, stay tuned. his wife happy. I don't think so. Had a mistress that Southern California live with Wendell. That would be me, Johnny Wendell, 756. With Johnny Venom, our good friend. John, we got like three minutes left because we went crazy in that last segment. We did. We went nuts. We we have no sense of restraint. It's awful. We're just having a good time. Yes, we are. Question for you, Mr. Venom. You were talking about, actually for the whole hour we've been talking about what to do about housing crises, we have seen one of our cities 
not in California, about 360 miles to the east of us, become, I believe, the fifth largest city in America when it was the 40th largest city in America 30 or 40 years ago, this being Phoenix, Arizona. Right. Admittedly, being homeless in Phoenix is probably not much of an option, as for four months out of the year, it's 115 degrees on those sidewalks. Well, that's how they take care of their homeless. Yeah, yeah, they they, they roast them. <laughs> you, you know, they you know they have homeless jerky there. They just dry them out on the streets, and you know that's it. But the, the here's the question, though, John: If Phoenix was able to expand relatively painlessly, could we learn something from them, or are they an anomaly? Well, no, we can learn from them. It's just that longer term. They're going to run into problems you wouldn't, even though you could learn from them, due to geography. Right. You know, their water supply. See, California, at the end of the day, worst comes to worst, you can do desalinization. I mean, if the worst came to worst. There is no option for Phoenix like that. Well, they can desalinize. Arizona does have a small border on uh uh, the the Pacific Ocean, right? Next no. to Baja, California? No. Arizona? Or, or no. just New Mexico. Okay. I, I You know, I, I'll have to look at a map. But I thought that Arizona actually had a tiny part of the state abutted something. But I could be wrong. Okay. I mean, they're, they're next to Sonora, Mexico. But yeah. yeah. But at the same time... Um, you could cut a deal with the Mexican government. Yeah, I guess oh, you're right. Okay, they're landlocked. That, 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 that sooner buy it from you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. I'm getting it, but California, I, I find it hard to believe that all the the, the, the wonderfully educated people in your state, right. in your education system, cannot come up with a way to, I'm going to use the word terraform, but let's just say change the area, make it more, a lot of these inhabitable areas more habitable. I, you know, I, to get back to a, a solution that you and I have talked about, I actually have been noticing, as in my travails and travels around the city, I went to a party in Washington yesterday, you know, I drive all over the city for whatever reasons, you know, my kids want to go all kinds of places. We have got to do something about the the idea of one single family residency after another. There yeah. are hundreds of thousands of them. Where and it's not exactly like these are wonderful craftsman homes, you know. You're talking about things that are barely above being a shanty or a bungalow. You could go to the owners and say, "Look, you get the bottom floor. Let us build a four-story building here, you know, with condominiums, and you can stay here, okay, and continue to own or whatever. Just let us rebuild. We'll put you in a residential hotel for a year." So as long as we don't have to buy the land from you at an ex- extraordinarily inflated price, it could be done. Johnny, thanks yes, so sir. much for your time, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? Yes, Mo and Tawala will be joining us, and at 8.30, a fascinating character, Scarlet, the freeway blogger, joins us. Stay tuned. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. 
Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <sighs> Southern California Live with Wendell at 806. We have... Sort of an incomplete crew here. We were expecting Mr. Mo Kelly, but oh, is he outside? No, he's, he's, he went to the bathroom. Oh, he went to the bathroom. Did he get lost? <laughs> hey. You know, he's an old man now. Yeah, you know, he's an old man now. We do have his producer, Mr. Tawala Sharp, and his intern, Natalie. Okay, and uh, beginning with Mr. Tawala Sharp, question I guessed it for two segments in your yes, first sir. hour. And we tackled some controversial topics. How'd I do with your audience? You know, I did not check um, the the Twitter feed uh, for for Mo. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see you know if uh, you got any hate mail because you went in today. Yeah, you went in. Yeah, I, I I decided that, and I went in on both sides too. It's like one segment we we teed off on on the Republicans, and then the next segment we teed off on the Democrats. Yeah, you know yeah. there was a lot of equal yeah. opportunity hate going on. Maybe that's maybe that's why because maybe Twitter they don't know how to react. Maybe they're like, well, I, want, I love that first one. I hated the second one. I, I hated the second, second one. one. I love first. Yeah. So it's like maybe they're battling each other right now <laughs> oh, with responding. He here's Morris. Um, it is fascinating how the idea in any news-based genre is that you seek the truth not how do i make a partisan angle out of something how do i win the game you know and i'm not really interested in that i mean if Mo, you're just joining us because Morris was out. He's just joining us right now. He's he's hooking up his gear right now. Um, we're talking about how in the first segment that I did with you, we just we lit into Mr. Trump and his problems with uh, Mueller's grand juries. And in the second segment we did together, we lit into Hillary Clinton because it's time for her to retire. Okay, she needs to go. Uh, yes, I will stop you when I disagree. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's it's not like, uh, hey, rah rah, sis boom ba. I'm gonna win one for the Trump team, or hey, I'm a loyal Democrat, or whatever. It was like Donald Trump is in trouble with the grand juries that are convening in Northern Virginia and D.C. for a reason. A number of them. Hillary Clinton should retire. For a number of reasons. Unfortunately, people sometimes confuse criticism of one as advocacy of the other, but and it, it doesn't work that doesn't way. Doesn't work that way. I let's let's cut through the crap, okay? Let us take a chainsaw to the guano. You yes, ready? yes, okay. bat guano, <laughs> bat guano, a massive slab of granite-like bat guano that is impeding this country's progress in 2016 the United States saw 
the two worst presidential candidates in history face off against each other. Would you say that is an accurate statement? Yes, and, and a distinction needs to be made. Hillary Clinton was very qualified as an individual, but a horrible candidate. Correct. Terrible. Yeah. No, she was awful. She made uh, Michael Dukakis look like Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Donald J. Trump, who won by losing by three million votes, but he did win according to the Constitution, uh, is by no means qualified temperamentally or by experience to be president of the United States. He just is. He's a man baby. Okay. And should not be the president. Okay. Hillary Clinton is incredibly unpopular. Ergo, a bad candidate. Yes. Okay. I, as I recall, on election day, uh, Hillary's approval rating was 38% and Trump's was 36 It's like <coughs> the Rolling Stones, Natalie. We have Natalie with us. Natalie wrote her dissertation on... Uh, the record, Beggar's Banquet by the Rolling Stones. Here's a question for you, Natalie. In what Rolling Stones song is the line, it's a choice between cancer or polio? What song is that? Well, you wrote it about the, the record Beggar's Banquet. You love to put people on the spot, don't you? Natalie, answer the question. You don't know, do you? Rude. <laughs> Why I gotta be so rude? Um... Salt of the Earth. Okay. Um, in the song Salt of the Earth, Mick Jagger is talking about gray-suited grafters mm -hmm. who are thieves, politicians. It's like a choice between cancer or polio. Okay. And I know that Natalie's a Stones fan, so I asked her. Now she's like, you know, you're making me look bad over and over again. And she's stomping around. This is awesome. I feel like Paco here. Anyway, you had to be here for the first hour for that. Anyway, that being said, no, no, no. By the way, she's got boots with sharp stuff on it, and I am terrified right now. You know, because I she you know. is a very intelligent and eclectic person of many diverse interests, and very animated and angry at me right now. Well, yeah, you just <laughs> did embarrass her on radio. Yeah, that, okay. that, that did happen. Yeah, but she but she told me that she wrote her dissertation on this particular. Go ahead. That does not mean you get to put me on the spot. Well, what, what the, I'm sorry. Look. She, not everyone's a walking encyclopedia of music history like you are, Johnny oh, Wendell. I'm sorry. Me and my Asperger's She's syndrome 18. are the same. You're a little older than 18. I know that. I know that. I know that. I understand that. But what she had told me was I was led to believe that she had a, a – I'll forget the subject. Okay. <laughs> what a, whatever. It's a choice of cancer or polio is the lyric of the freaking yeah. song. We digress. Okay. We Boy, have we ever digressed. <laughs> That being said, Donald Trump right now is in a world of hurt. Okay. I was listening to a promo by one of the weekday talk hosts who will not be named. Okay. And he was claiming that Robert Mueller has to respect certain parameters that can be set down by the Justice Department from going, in, going into certain things. I'm listening to this and I'm saying to myself, you do not have the faintest idea what is in the federal what is in the law to say something like that 
Mueller is a prosecutor. If he deems something is worthy of investigation, Mo, what does he do? We can issue a subpoena. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it just be done with it. And I always remind people, Monica Lewinsky had nothing to do with Whitewater. That is correct. It was a failed land deal. And what happened? Well, it, it went from Whitewater to Vince um, Foster. Foster to Paula Jones. To Travelgate. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and yeah. you ended up with Monica Lewinsky and yeah. then the obstruction of justice and impeachment in the House of Representatives. Correct. Okay. This is not going to, it's not, we're not going to have a Kenneth Starr redux here. No. No. Robert Mueller is a lot more, he's a better prosecutor. And also, he's, I don't think he has an ideological axe to grind with anybody. No. Okay. Mm -mm. Okay. I suspect, and, and by the way, we have, did we talk about last week this idea that Mueller should recuse himself because he's James Comey's friend? Did we talk about that? No, we didn't talk about it, but we can right now. Okay, let's do this. This is something that makes my blood boil. Just mm. as Natalie's blood is boiling right now. <laughs> okay. She's thinking to herself, I'm so glad this is my last day up here. I'm <laughs> going to kill that old man. Anyway, um, here's the thing. And, and okay, Natalie, I want to let, let me ask you this. Let's get away from the, the, you know, whatever. As long as you're not putting me on the spot I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm okay. going to ask you your opinion. Okay. okay. Robert Mueller is a special prosecutor. He was the director of the FBI. James Comey is the director of the FBI. They are friendly with each other. Okay. It is said that Mueller should step down from in this investigation because of his friendship with James Comey. You see this all over the blogosphere, right. right? What I point out to people, Natalie, is James Comey is not the target of the investigation. Therefore, if Mueller recuses himself, it's pointless. The idea is this. Mueller has to be on some kind of a vengeance-laden journey to get even and has to be stopped. I have a question for you. Do you feel that that is the ultimate disrespect to somebody trying to do their job? You can't do your job because um, or uh, you might be trying to get even for your friend. I mean, unless he's shown evidence that that's his plans. Yes. Then that would be a problem. But, but has he? Is there? Mo. Is there any evidence whatsoever that Robert Mueller is on a vendetta to get even with the Trump administration for firing Jim Comey? There is more evidence of his White House chief of staff, John Kelly, being angry about the Comey firing than there is evidence of Bob Mueller being angry Correct. about the firing. What did his present chief of staff say on the issue of James Comey getting fired. Well, he was angry. He didn't like how it was done. And he was willing to tender his own resignation, resignation. As, as secretary of Depar uh, Department of Homeland Security. Right. He's going to, like, forget it. I can't work for these people. Everything is everything is this backstabbing nonsense. I'm out of here. If Robert Mueller Mueller had said something akin to that, then I would listen to that argument. Right. But there isn't. He, you know, what's Robert Mueller says We'll, we'll investigate to see what the connection is between the Trump campaign and the Russian government. That's it. But that would only make sense if this really was a quote unquote nothing burger. The fact that there is so much on this dish, so much being served up, it would be it's you. 
It's an animal-style nothing burger. I don't care if he is mad about the firing of his friend. It's one of those things that's like, but you're giving me everything I need. Right. You've given me everything I need to pursue this. Yes. I mean, the the idea that, well— they can't go into the president's finances because the president says you'll be crossing a red line. I got news for you. If somebody suspects that you are laundering money or taking bribes, they can look into your finances. Well, there has to be some sort of collaborative agreement if there is any type of collusion or or criminal engagement with a foreign power. There's probably a, a quid pro quo or a change of money or something Correct. in there. It's, Chances it's, are <laughs> through the sons, uh, money laundering, that's my word, right. money laundering. <laughs> uh, alleged. Or, alleged. 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 Uh, organization. Sure. Like, like somehow, some way, if he can tie that there was money that was supposed to go to Trump, money that went through any of his campaign fundraising organizations that went Towards or just a the hiring deal. or the getting of this information? Well, that's like, well, hey. No, guys, it could be just forgiving debt. It could be a deal where we allow you to to build this Trump Tower hotel in Moscow. Moscow. I mean, yeah. there, there are any number of things. To say that you can't even look is the height of hiding something. Yeah, no, it's it's like saying this is a nothing burger. There's nothing there, boy. But if you look, I will be so upset. <laughs> it's like. Well, if it's a nothing, nothing burger, let me have a look then. I mean, that, he's the president. He's not the pope. No kidding. You ready, Phil, to play a little tune? There we go. Southern California Live, 819. We'll be back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Southern California Live with Wendell at 824. What? Wasn't that bad? <laughs> anyway, Mo, I wanted to ask you how how are we doing on Twitter? Um, I don't know because after I gave out your Twitter address, I, I think they might have left me alone. I, I got nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. I got nothing. But I if, but that's part of the reason was depending on when you came into our conversation as a listener, they may have heard your thoughts about Donald Trump and Hillary or only Hillary. So it's kind of hard for people to be angry with you if they are intellectually honest enough to listen to the fullness of our conversation. Oh, yeah. No, people want, you know, hey, he's on my side. Hey, she's on my side. I like her. I like him. Or he's a this or she's a that. I hate them. You know, you don't want that. I think people are surprised when they hear you give legitimate analysis and criticism to those on the left, because it's it's popular and easy to criticize the president. It really is. Oh yeah, no, he's a he's a big target, literally. <laughs> yeah, he, he is. Yeah, and and many people, even though it's in vogue to criticize the president, they don't necessarily think that it's okay to kick someone while they're down, i.e., the Democratic Party. Oh no, they deserve the kicking. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, they're horrible. How'd you lose this? That's what I would ask. I mean, you know, I. As you and I have discussed, because you and I did, what, like eight or nine, ten hours on election night. You came on here after me. You you did great. I did two shift. to five. You yes. did two to five. <laughs> and I did like eight to two, and I was dead. And, you, you know. Yeah, you haven't worked in radio unless you've done it overnight. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's the worst. But I remember the day before the election, um, 
talking online with some people, and I'm like, you know, I don't know. Is she actually has this thing? I'm wondering. And, you know, I, I, I thought she was going to win. But on the other hand, she was a tough, he was an easier sell to his people. His people were really excited. This guy's going to shake things up. But, Mo, I want to ask you something, something that you hear and see all the time. A lot of Americans have this apocalyptic vision that they really like that Trump is going to burn everything to the ground and we'll start over. You've seen this, right? Yeah, and it's it's the the logical conclusion of drain the swamp to the nth degree. Well, I have a question for anybody that, that endorses this particular idea. You ever seen a building burn down? Unfortunately, I have. I have too. Yeah. Um, and you see the horror in people's eyes when they lose everything? Yeah. Yeah. You know, or you see that people, old folks and children are incinerated. Burning stuff all the way down is awful. It's not good. I realize that if you're some imbecile that sits in, in one of the 4chan or Reddit or one of these, these crazy pro-Trump sites and you think that that destruction is somehow painless, it's like, I'll tell you what, I'll burn your house down. You know, let me know where you live. I'll burn your house down. You can watch as everything you own goes up in flames and maybe one of your relatives is, is roasted. And I'll go, see, it's not such a good thing. You want everything to be leveled to start over. Ask the people of Aleppo how that yeah. works. You know? I, people, I think, they think of burning the house down as burning some other someone house, else's, someone house, else's down. house down. Well, right. I, think it's, I think it's worse than that because when Cynthia Nixon... You know, the actress from Sex and the City is floating around the idea running for of running for governor of New York. I I don't care if you read, you know, the New York Times or the Post Daily. Yeah. You floating around the idea of actually being governor of New York. To me, it's when you start saying, you know what? Anyone can do the job. Yeah. That is when I that's to me is, is the Trump effect of saying anyone can do the job. And it's like, no, you cannot no, uh, no, let me let me clarify, Tawala, all right? Anyone in this room, me, Miguel, Natalie, Mo, Tawala, Phil, all of us could be the governor of California, okay? We could be. Would we be an effective governor of California? It was, it's like, it's the line that people always use, and Miguel's undoubtedly heard this, Anybody can be an electronic dance music DJ. It's just a bunch of knob twiddling and all that stuff. It's like, no, there are good ones and there are bad ones. Okay, it's true. Anybody theoretically can be president of the United States if they're 35 years old and they were born in the United States, an American citizen. All right. Yes, those are the only two things you have to you can be a felon. You can have Alzheimer's. You can have one tooth in your mouth. You can stand on your head all day. It doesn't make any difference. Anybody can do it. The question is this. Is Cynthia Nixon going to be an effective governor of New York? No. Is Kid Rock going to be an effective senator from Michigan? No, he's not because see, he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, off air, man, because you got my dander up, man. All right. 830. Thanks to Walla. Thanks, Mo. Thanks, Natalie. See ya. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. 
Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Southern California live with Wendell at 836 on the Patriot KEIB AM 1150. Yeah, 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 whoa, whoa. Thanks to Twala. Thanks to Natalie. Thanks to Mo. Thanks to Johnny Venom. We have a, a fascinating person joining us for this next segment. Someone that you are, if you live in Southern California, and I guess Northern California too, you're very familiar with their work, even if you have no idea that you are. I know that when I toddle out to Santa Monica, either to go to the beach or for an audition or to take my kids to the pier, and I see signs on the overpasses imploring all kinds of political action, or I see giant signs on the side of the freeway or over the 101, I am looking at the work of Patrick. And Patrick is better known as the freeway blogger. Patrick is joining us to explain what he does, what motivates him, the First Amendment and all that other good stuff, because he's the most famous person you've never met. Patrick, <laughs> Patrick, well, welcome to KEIB. Hey, thanks for the great introduction. Um, oh, it goes downhill from here, believe yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it turns out that the First Amendment is this wonderful, wonderful thing. Yeah. It allows us to do whatever we want. More or less. In terms of expressing our political opinion, we can make it as big as we want. We can use public property. And if somebody wants to stop us, then they can. Or they can try. They can try if they can catch you. Right. Uh, And then you get to defend it in court. I have a question for you. You have never been arrested, correct? I've never been arrested. I've been stopped by police about a dozen times. Okay, with absolutely no consequence. Okay. And um, it's a little embarrassing, but I've actually put up over 7,000 signs on freeways. In California. In, in California and uh, along the West Coast. Okay. But since about 2003. And right. And what, what I'm motivated by is it's this incredible sort of chink in the armor. Right. Where you can reach 17,000 people an hour for a nickel, you know? <laughs> And what you do is you are the fellow that puts up those gigantic cardboard signs on overpasses. Yes. Okay. And I put up little ones, too, you right. know, because you can do anything. Right. Now, if you were to do—let me ask you something, Patrick. If you were to do this for purposes of commercial use, in other words, go buy Johnny Wendell's record, say— is is that illegal? Uh, well, you don't have any First Amendment protection. 
Okay. That's one of the simple ones. You can't sell anything. You can't sell anything. You can't sell anything. You can't threaten anyone. Okay. And you can't advocate the violent overthrow of the existing government. Okay. In general, advocating violence is a bad idea. Uh, well, Although y- apparently yes. it's gotten very, very popular lately. Um, <laughs> Not with me, it isn't. Well, yeah. one of the, the trending tags is uh, civil war. We're all excited about a civil war. Well, and oh, yeah. I hate to sound like an old fuddy-duddy, but I remember when the concept of a violent civil war in the United States was a bad thing. You uh, know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was I was a little bo- I was a little boy in the '60s. Okay, but I do remember yeah. that this was that bloodshed sucks. <laughs> okay, but it really it was always does. The fringe element. Now it's Fox News. Okay, so I have a I have a question. You know how for you. bizarre it is to watch Sean Hannity. You know, careful. He's on this radio station. Well, not right now. I mean, I am. He isn't. I've actually had an interview with him. You did. He was mean to me. (laughs) Well, (laughs) anyway, admit it. It's weird to watch Sean Hannity try to excuse collusion with Russia as being no big deal. No, I, I, I know that. I mean, to me, it's like, look. You can't tell me. I, I mean, I don't want to veer away from the subject of the freeway blogger because that's you know well, that's your we'll, thing. We'll get around. To we'll it. get around to it. I mean, it is a little weird to me to be raving about commies and the evil empire one minute and to be sucking up to Vladimir Putin the next. That is a little strange for me. Yeah. Yeah. At least without some you know response from our side, and you know, it's I I have one word for you, and that's Soxgate. You were talking about Hillary earlier. Oh, about Socks the Cat? Socks the Cat uh, would get a lot of fan mail from children, and that fan mail would be answered on White House stationery from Socks the Cat. It was cute. Yeah. Uh, The Republicans wanted to investigate that. Why? Okay? Because they were afraid that the mail was being answered using public funds, and they thought that it should have been the Clintons' private funds. Um, All right. But so- it socks the whole, it never made it to a bill, you know, but no. there was a complaint filed. Oh, about Socks the Cat. So if they were worried about Socks the Cat, right? you got to wonder why they're like, oh, this collusion with Russia thing. That's oh, nothing, but Socks the Cat is something. You know? <laughs> socks the Cat is important, but uh, Vladimir Putin is not. Yeah. Okay, and- let's let's get back to being the freeway blogger. Okay. okay. When was the first time you ever fl- freeway blogged, and what was your first sign, and where was it? Uh, it was San Diego, right after the Bush v. Gore decision. Yeah. After I had a- attended a protest that was so painfully dispiriting. Right. That I thought to myself, it it was inspiring. I was like, well, we got to do better than that. I got to do something. You know? So where did where did you go, and what did you do? I. Uh, just put up a big old sign that said 1776 through 2000 RIP, you know? <laughs> and, and this was on the 5 freeway? It was on the 5, and it had a flag hanging upside down from it. It was using heavy materials, and I had to lug it a long distance. And I was in front of a Marine recruiting center, so after I hung it, yeah, practically the first thing I saw was a Marine in full-dress uniform asking me why I had chosen to display the flag like that. And what did you tell him? It was a beautiful moment. Um, I said because I felt the country was in danger, they weren't counting the votes, and that it was my right. And he was scary-looking and stern, and he walked away, and I was sure he was going to take down my sign. No, he wasn't. he didn't. (laughs) And I thought to myself, 
man, what a beautiful American moment that was, because there's not that many countries where a, a military officer and a civilian are standing on equal ground. That's right, because you know? we have a constitution here. Yeah. yeah. And so, the constitution allows me to do what I do, and it allows everyone to do it. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you put up uh, impeach everywhere and treason, I've seen those mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, why do you suppose there is not a freeway blogger on the right? You are, you're clearly on the left, okay. Why do you suppose that there is not a right-wing freeway blogger, if there well, would be such a thing? Why not? Because for the same reason the left, everyone likes to stand and hold their signs, you know? Yeah. I don't know why that is. But, uh, and everyone makes signs out of cloth. Right. Which is ridiculous. If you <laughs> use cardboard, yeah. you can make, oh my God, you can print out billboards, right. you know, in a night. Okay. And, uh, Do you feel like you've moved anybody, Patrick? Uh, oh, I've changed the political landscape. Uh, I mean, literally, you have, literally, yes. You know? And <laughs> okay. the political landscape is what people see. Right. And the trouble with the way we protest is we all get together in the same place at the same time with a bunch of signs. Right. And if, Which is mathematically ridiculous. No! <laughs> you now, spread out and you put the signs where people see them, which happens oh, to be the freeway. Which happens to be freeways and freeway overpasses. Do, do you ever get any, any complaints along the lines of, well, I saw your signs, I took my eyes off the road, and then I got into a fender bender, Patrick. That wasn't cool. Uh, why did you do that? Do you ever hear that? Um, the closest was I laughed so hard <laughs> <laughs> I almost crashed, you know, and, um, and it, was, uh, it was kind of funny. My God. Where do, where do people get a hold of you if they want to write to you or ask you questions? Uh, Freeway Blogger at Yahoo, or the site is freewayblogger.com. Okay. And how do you support yourself, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I'm a rich, elite, West Coast trust fund hippie. Uh, (laughs) Well, you just got thumbs up from everyone in the room here. I'm exactly what they're afraid I am. Oh, no. (laughs) It it sort of reminds me of what Kennedy was running for president in the presidency in 1960. He goes into West Virginia primary, and this guy goes up to him and says, I understand that you've never worked a day in your life, and JFK didn't say anything. And he goes, well, I got to tell you, you haven't missed anything. (laughs) So... It's like yeah, no. That's that's a big part of the divide. Is if your parents bought a house here forty yeah. years ago, yeah, you're doing okay. You're doing okay. If your parents bought a house in Weaverville, Missouri, forty years ago, you're, you're not doing okay. No, you're screwed pretty much. Yeah, and and apparently what we we're supposed to do now is reach out to people who. You know, they really brought home a bad date this time. <laughs> okay, know? but I got a question for you. You're in, you're in like, the California freeway blogger for the most part. Yeah. Okay, from here to the Bay Area and back, and points in between. Phoenix and Texas too. Okay, that that's that's what, that's what I well that's what I would <laughs> would would want to ask you. It's like if you went deep into the heart of Texas, and I'm not going to break into song because I did that earlier. And Natalie was laughing at me. Um, <laughs> Or into Arizona. I'm not going to break into that song either. Uh-huh. And you freeway, let's say you freeway blogged in Mesa, Arizona. Oh, Mesa, yeah. Arizona is one of the most conservative cities in America. 
Okay. Yeah. And you put up stuff like uh, Trump must go or, or whatever, or impeach Trump. Trump is treasonous. You How know? about the, build the fence around Pence, something like that. Our president seems kind of weird about Russia. Yeah. Is one that I had over the Santa Monica freeway for six days. And the thing yeah, but it's Santa you, Monica, I mean, yeah, that's the People's Republic right. out there, Patrick. Except what I'm saying is that if you, if your signs are readable, if you're not spray painting it on a bed sheet, right. you can qualify what you say, you can be as polite as you like, you can have a, you know, I hate to bother you, but our new president does seem to be kind of strange about Russia. Yeah, he's very would affectionate. Would go over well in Mesa. And as it is, you know, if you have a projector, you can... You can be more erudite, you know? Ah, one of my the favorite with, words, everyone's yes. Everyone's been putting freeway signs up forever, but they've been spray painting on bed sheets. Right. What that can would, you say? You can say no war. Yeah, or and, you put up the peace symbol, or you put up the hammer and the sickle, or you put right. up a swastika, or whatever it is that you put up, and it's it's ineffective. But on your your signs are very easy to read. They're concise, there they are. I mean, I'm a little let down that none of them have ever said, listen to Johnny Wendell on the radio, but, you know, maybe we'll rectify that in the future. Well, I, that would be your job there, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, it's just cardboard, you know, it's cardboard and paint. Hey, considering what I get paid at iHeartMedia, I got to live in that cardboard box. I'm not going to tear it up and make signs out of it. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking, Mr. Hogan. Anyway, um, that that being said... Uh, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to read your stuff. And I actually, and I'm saying this is not facetious. I'm not joking about it. This is, it's an honor to actually speak to you because I've seen so many of your oh, signs wow. for so many years. You brought me a great deal of pleasure. To paraphrase Churchill, never before has one person gotten so much credit for doing so little. You know, <laughs> it is so painfully easy to do what I do. And I hope people will go just Google Freeway Blogger. You'll get to the site. And then, and and, and then we'll, we'll have, you what to do. And it's we'll it cost nothing. You know? we'll, we'll have spawned a legion of freeway bloggers. There will be freeway bloggers from Portland, Oregon to Portland, Maine, from Miami to Seattle. Oh, no, and they'll usher in a brand new era of peace and love and mutual respect among all nations. And the reason it's going to happen is because founding fathers, you know, they said, no, everyone's got to speak out as loud as they can. So when stuff goes wrong... Say, that's our fail safe. That's you know? it's, yeah. So the, it's the, our job to push the envelope. You know, it's Just true. Be and louder, the, whatever it is you do. And the be first louder at it. The, the First Amendment doesn't do anything unless you use it. Thanks so much, Patrick. All we right, appreciate you too, it. Man. Ciao. Southern California Live with Wendell. Eight fifty. We'll be back. Southern California Live with Wendell at 8.55. Uh, thanks to the Freeway Blogger. Thanks to everybody else that made this a memorable, insane show. Uh, we've got about three minutes and change left. And as these shows do tend to wind down, we tend to make our producer the subject of these abbreviated final segments i love it yeah i know you do this is this is miguel he's our producer hello world hello world and uh (laughs) miguel found himself in somewhat of a dating dilemma last night would you care to uh 
here to enlighten the world. Miguel, what happened to you last night? Where uh, were you? So I was in downtown LA, specifically Spring Street. Yeah. Uh, so I was there and another friend of mine. So it was just us two. Right. Uh, so we go to this bar. You did. Uh, originally, my friend approaches this girl. Her name yeah. is Alice. Yeah. Um, but as the night went on, she kind of took more of a liking to me than my friend. Right. And she happens to be about 11 or 10 years older than me so that's she, not important but anyway so, continue. but I, but yeah any, but i'll get to that later right um so the night night's going good we're clicking and everything's fine yeah and then at the end of the night um i'm very close to bringing over her to my place right you were you, know? you were going to have a wonderful time i was yes All but right. she was hesitant because i happened to be 10 years younger than her that's because uh, she was afraid to be judged by her friends. But I said, you know what? Yeah, but what's the difference? Who cares exactly. what they think? Yes. We're okay. having a good time. Everyone deserves to have a good time. That's right. So. All right. But then uh, as her and I are talking and we're about to leave. Yes. To go to because uh, I drove to go to Shay Miguel. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, my friend comes up and then we're both kind of like like uh, what? Like, what are you doing here? And then she says... <laughs> you, you and the woman say, what are, yeah, what are you well, doing Yeah, well, in my head I said that, but then she said that. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, and then he got offended by that, and then he argued with her, then they, she argued back, and then it turned into a small scene, and uh, I went did, home. Did, did, did the bouncers throw you out? No, no, this was at the end of the night. Like, okay. the club was, or the bar was closed. Oh, so you were out on the sidewalk. You are on the sidewalk, yes. Oh, you are on the sidewalk, yeah. okay. And so and instead so of going home with her, I went home to my teddy bear. <laughs> Among other things. Um, that being said, <clears throat> you don't have any malice aimed at Alice, nor do you have any rage aimed at uh, your friend. You're very sanguine about this. When when Miguel explained this situation to me shortly before we went on the air at 7 o'clock, I was ready to round up a posse and pretty much lynch his friend for doing this <laughs> because, as any man will tell you, when another man has prevented the consummation of your affections, then they are automatically your enemy and must be dealt with. Mm -hmm. Because this is a very, very important thing. It should be pointed out that the only female in the room uh, is sitting there. She is gesticulating wildly and with anger. Go ahead. You got an opinion on this. Go ahead. Of course I do. Well, then let's hear it. What I'm under it? no obligation to go home with anybody that, ever for any reason. I'm well aware of that. But if... Everything was going fine, and his friend interfered solely for the purpose of lousing up his evening because he wasn't happy about his own evening. That is a violation of basic protocol. I mean, it's guy code. I get that. No, it's not. It's a, no, because if a woman did that to you, you'd be angry at her, too. Eh, it would be for a good reason. She no. did it. No, there is no such thing as a good reason. There is always a good reason. Never. Southern California Live with Wendell. It's nine. We'll see you next week. Bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.